welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. We'll go live. And, and we're live. Mark, your eyes look crazy. What's up, everybody? Oh, Sunday me. night. It's Teacher Talk Live. Um, and we do these... Uh, these actually are awesome. You just put them on your eyeballs and they freak students out and they glow in the dark also. So, I mean, like if they weren't freaking everybody out already, that is a better way to scare kids. Um, what's up, everyone? I have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. So it's, uh, it's Sunday. And for those of you that are new, it's Sunday night. And so what we do on here is we have a talk about teaching and education and all that stuff. And um, I'm ready to run tonight. So I have this sweet hair band on looks like i'm about to put a wig on my head uh because i'm gonna run them as soon as i'm done here um today's 161 161 days in a row but uh enough of that what we're doing here is trying to create a safe space for people to come to feel part of something to um get advice on what is coming up uh especially when it's the end of the year and it's feeling nerve-wracking or you're just looking for a job or you just got a job or you just lost your job or whatever it is that's kind of what we're thinking about. Um, and that's that. So my daughter has a headache and my wife had to run to the drugstore real quick, which means I'm all alone at the moment. And those live feeds never go very well, but she should be back in just a minute. Uh, so if you want, you can go ahead and put your questions in there and stuff like that. Um, let's see what's going on here. I'm going to I don't usually do this because my wife's usually looking at everyone and commenting and stuff. Uh, Tracy Pinder saying, you just when you didn't ride Kingdom Cop. So I went to uh, Great Adventure in New Jersey, and there's a ride there called King Da Ka, and it is the tallest roller coaster in the world. And it literally looks like you look at it and you want to crap your pants. Like that's how tall it is. It's ridiculous. And so I did a lot of scary roller coasters that day, like the Nitro, and it just made me mad the whole time. Like I was mad at the guys who made or the people who made the Nitro for making it the whole time I was on it, like it just aggravated me. So then I did a bunch of other scary ones, like the Green Lantern ride, which was like uh, your head in between two things, banging back and forth. It felt like someone was boxing your ears a bunch of times on the ride. That that didn't make me happy either. That aggravated me. And then, yeah, but it was a good day overall. Like we had really good weather. We were there for too long and the ride back, our bus driver went the wrong way. Not sure if any of you ever dealt with that on a class trip, but uh I, we got to a place where I was like, we are near a city that we shouldn't be near. And then I looked at my map and I saw, though then I saw that we were at exit three and we were supposed to be going down in numbers, not up. And we started at seven. So I knew we were going the wrong way. So she just made it up as she went along. I don't know if she's getting paid by the mile or something. Um, but enough of me yammering on. Uh, real quick in the comments, I'm wondering, when are y'all finished uh, school? that could be an interesting thing to say. Like, so like, when are you finished? Like when's the last day of class or the last day of testing or something like that? Uh, I'm interested in, and then let's, uh, let's jump into some questions here. Uh, what's up, Richard Royster? Leah Pratt. Oh, these are just jumping by. Sorry if I'm missing people. Leah Pratt. I see, uh, Caitlin Miller. Thanks. I love my headband too. It actually like, it, what it really like keeps my hair in my eyes when I run. And then I don't get this weird, like hat, like, tan line because it pulls my hair back and i was putting up a fence all weekend so um i got like my first color of the year uh last sunday of my school year joanne markov that is crazy good for you 
Simply Me said the same thing. Um, Lexi Alina. So this, I was talking about this question in a different light today. The question is, what's student teaching like? Um, I, oh, my wife. My wife, my wife is watching from the car on her way to CVS. Don't don't be on YouTube and driving your car. It's dangerous. Kids need a mom. As um, <clears throat> my cooking is no good. We'll eat Chick Fil A and Chinese food for the rest of our lives. Uh, I, you know, the thing like student teaching is what you make it, right? So you want to get in there on the first day and all the stuff I always talk about. There's a whole I have a whole video about it on my channel. It's me and Bridget from the Letter Classroom talking about this stuff. I think the the important thing going into it is really, I, I think part of it is like being mindful of where your finances are going to be. Like I had no time to work during student teaching and it put us in a huge financial hole, which led to another financial hole, which led to another financial hole, which led to like, like almost current day where we're just like thousands of dollars in credit card debt because I just couldn't work like I, and be successful at student teaching. So I think if I went back, this was a conversation we just had this morning because someone in the Facebook in the Facebook group that we have brought this up. Um, I decided like I would either tutor. So in Jersey, I live uh, near a town called Cherry Hill and Cherry Hill has a place called Excel Academy and they paid like really decent money. It was like $33 an hour or something like that to be a tutor there in the summer. It was all scripted. The kids were all great. Everyone did their work like the kids that they, it was the kind of place where like, if you've ever dealt with real classroom management issues, they go, this kid's a little bit of a classroom management issue. And it's like a kid that like asks a few too many questions, like, or doesn't look excited. It's like, this is, this is your issue. Like, okay. Um, but it was a really great place that was run by really great people. So I would look for a tutoring gig like that again, where I wouldn't have to work as many hours, but I could work like a four hour shift and like make like money to kind of make ends meet, you know, um, while my wife was working as well. The other thing I would do is um, Dada ABC is a company that I did a video for a while ago. And some of you have gone on to work for them. They pay like between 25 and $35 an hour. Um, all you have to do is wear their t-shirt and have a headset and Wi-Fi, and you can work for them. It's scripted. You like teach kids that are, live in China um, how to speak English, but it's all through this program that they already have set up. So I would really look for something like that as opposed to like all the crap that I did, like from working at Home Depot, making $8 an hour to mowing people's lawns, all this other junk. So that's what I would just be mindful of before you go into student teaching. Um, how do you deal with end of the year burnout where you have little patience, but still a few weeks left? Yo, so Jager Riley, this is my life right now, right? My life at the moment is um, I don't count days at the end of the year, but for some reason and like, I'm feeling that way this year and I am like there are days that when like I'm just like not looking forward to going to school as much or not looking forward to certain classes or there's like so many kids that are failing for the year uh not just my class but like ninth grade in general that it's it's just it's disheartening and you just kind of don't want to do it and there's so much stuff on my plate right now that I'm working on it's all of my own volition but it's just a hard thing to sort of uh to sort of navigate. So what I do is um, I make sure that I'm reading good. I'm, what, here's what I'm doing ultimately. I am filling myself up, right? That is whether it's good TV, like, so I'm mindful of the kind of TV I watch. I started watching Chernobyl last night. I'm like, this is not an end of the school year. It's nothing but grief and sadness, the whole show. But dead to me, 
was awesome and it was hilarious and it was like sad, but it was like really funny and like kind of liberating feeling. I, something like that is what I'm watching, right? I'm reading good stuff. So I just, I actually have this right in front of me. I've been reading this book, uh, You Are a Badass at Making Money, um, which sounded really cheesy. I saw it in Target and then I listened to the, the audio book is free on YouTube. And I listened to like 10 minutes of it. That's usually what I give a book. And I really liked it because I, there's so much of this that I connected to the classroom, like thinking, remembering why you're in the class, remember why you got into teaching, like what would your ideal day look like in the classroom is something I literally have never asked myself. So when she's talking about like making a lot of money, she's talking about what would your ideal day look like? Because most people think when they want to be rich, that they need a million dollars, right? That's usually the number people throw out there. But what would your actual perfect day look like if there were if nothing was attached? And so that made me start thinking about in my classroom, what would the ideal day look like? And I've literally never thought of that. I've always thought of it in terms of like, well, if this kid acts right or if, or if these guys don't clown around or I'm, I'm sort of preparing for disaster instead of like just going in and feeling like, no, like I'm going to crush it. And so I, I think um, that's one of those things. I'm just trying to put good stuff in my body. So that's exercising, which um, like I said, today's one sixth day, 161 of, of running um, and making sure I'm eating good stuff, making sure I'm getting out in the sun, making sure that kind of stuff. I think that is, is the antidote to uh, end of the year burnout. Uh, your wife. Um, oh, snap. The thing just jumped up and I was going to answer a question. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get through it here, babe. Uh, I think this was the one. Scott, do you want to give her her medicine first? Go ahead. Yeah. Scott Ordway? Ordway. I don't know why I made that sound like it was going to be difficult. Um, hey, CJ, moving from a small affluent private school to a Title I public school. Any advice on things to anticipate for making the shift? Yeah, don't – you know, I, I think – Two things. One, don't expect it to be better than it's actually going to be, but don't expect the end of the world either. Like, uh, I think one of the biggest mistakes teachers make in general, but in Title I schools where I've taught is where I can speak specifically to, because that's the only kind of school I've ever taught at, is people think that young folks are sort of just waiting. They're just sitting in their desks like, please, a good teacher, if they would just show up, then we would be ready to learn. When in fact, they're not. They're not ready for, to learn. They're not ready for you. They don't care if you show up. You have to earn trust. It's not just handed out. Like this isn't a giveaway contest. This is like, uh, which we'll talk about in a second giveaway contest. But like, um, they're just, it's a different situation. So like, um, you have to show up and just be ready to earn trust. Be ready to see kids that don't want to learn or that are acting like they don't want to learn. And then know that like you have to earn that that sort of trust. And, and that is my biggest um, connection piece and stay near positive people. Look like any school is going to do this, but man, there's so many miserable people out there. And so just, and look, maybe I don't know why they're miserable. Maybe they have a very good reason for being it, but I think staying near folks that are excited about the job that are getting excited, that are like going to challenge you on what you're doing and you can challenge them and you can have your little like trifecta of awesome or, or, or more, if more, if you have more than three, but uh, that's what I'm I'm kind of thinking of. That's that's what I would do. Uh, uh, 
Pittsburgh as a kid. Kaylee Stiff is saying that next week she'll finish her first year of teaching. Yeah, good job. Good job, girl. Um, do your students have to do summer reading? Kimberly Walbeck. Yes, they do. So we pick um, really good summer reading books, though. I, and then the way that we roll that out is they have to take a really brief quiz when they come back to just make sure that they read it. And then we have to do – then we do uh, – they have an assignment to do with that. And then they have – like a, we have like a coffee shop discussion they can do for extra credit. And so all of us teachers pick one of the books. I'm reading the Michelle Obama um, autobiography and we are going to read those and we're going to, what are you guys doing over here? I'm sorry. You're distracting me. You're talking right across my face. <laughs> Kids today. Um, so they come back and they do like a coffee room discussion they get extra credit for that but you have to like show up and actually be able to talk about what happened so i'll just throw out some questions about what i liked or didn't like in the book they'll do the same we have this kind of conversation and it's really kind of fun i did it last year with a book uh and i got put into a group because no one read my book i read the new michael pollan book about him taking mdmt and like tripping and like the effects that that has on depression and ptsd and stuff and you know surprisingly no one read that book so i got put into a group of a book that i didn't read but it, it was easy to navigate that anyway and it was really fun so yeah that's what we do um and we pick good books we don't pick like i feel like a lot of schools pick the books that they don't want to read in school but they have copies of so it's like you know the scarlet letter or the crucible or something like that um yeah. oh you got one I look know. at you i was writing before she look at you you're being useful um, <laughs> Kayla Miller saying, what is your opinion on bilingual education within the United States? Look, I, you know, I, that's, that's an interesting question. I have never been a part of that. Like I, but I've had kids that were like, just came from Dominican Republic, just came from Nicaragua, just came from Puerto Rico or Mexico or whatever into my classroom. I couldn't communicate with them. They couldn't communicate with anyone else. And so I think of it is it, it's a special need, right? Like it's like when we talk about special needs kids, they have a special need. It doesn't mean that they have a learning, some sort of learning. Um, they're not learning disabled necessarily, but like if there was someone to help folks to sort of integrate into what we're doing to learn the language, because I just think they're empowered. Like I wish I knew two languages, but you know, I'm American, so I don't have to, I only know one language. And then I, talk real loud when I go to other countries like everybody all right no I don't but that was the gig at Home Depot though right we went to Home Depot if someone came in like speaking Spanish all of the folks would just talk louder to them can I help you find what you're looking it's like bro he's not deaf he is speaking Spanish um so I I think that that would be awesome I wish that that existed and so I don't know what particular programs look like and if kids aren't learning English but I just think if you're if they're helping to ease you into the system, I mean, I've just seen kids like give up because they couldn't speak English and they, and they didn't know what to do next. So yeah. Got another one. Sandy H is saying, how do you apply for a Dada ABC? Um, so I think you can probably just go right on Dada ABC, but if not, if you type Dada ABC into the search bar, so you go to my channel, there's a little search bar at the top where it says channel about and all that stuff. There's, and it will just search my channel, put Dada ABC in there. And I think the video was called when teachers don't make enough. And then at the bottom in the comment section, like in my description box, rather, there's a link and you can click on that. 
Um, and it's not like I don't get any money for that or anything, but it will take you right to the application page, I believe. So that's what I would do. It seems like a great gig. I've only heard good things about it from people that have found that through my channel. Anything else? Uh, Anything? Got my eye on you. Oh, here, it joins Markov, but it's kind of like two part. Okay, we can handle two part. Uh, you mentioned before that you don't take late work. Our school and district has what I consider a draconian late policy. Every, even one day late is half credit. This leads to having to monitor IEPs and 504s. Uh, so in the end, I wind up not enforcing it, but it's not helping them or me. How do I enforce your policy without pushback from families or sinking grades too low for students to recover? Uh, hold on, I'm just, I, I'm trying to think. This one's not coming right to me. Uh, How do you enforce your school policy? Yours or the school's? The school's, I don't, your answer is not what anybody ever it's wants. Not, I know what your trying, answer is. So what would I say? <laughs> I don't, probably that you wouldn't even go along No, with I would say do what you want. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of like, so my, my real answer, Joanne, is do what you want. Like, and that, I realize that that's not like a, a, like a, like a useful answer um, necessarily. But I, I just like, if I don't like what the school's doing, I just don't do it. And my school now- <laughs> I, Richard Royster- like go, ah. well, I don't know, but I'm wondering what Richard Royster would do in that situation also. But I, I think, and so those of you that don't know, Richard Royster is on here. He's an assistant principal in Kentucky and he's awesome. So I, I but that, but I have leeway to do that. Like, I'm not going to lose my job if I don't, I if I do what I want. Right. right? Especially at this you point. Answering that question. So because I know I, I'm like a talking to or something like that, but like then I would I'd still do it. Um, but I think there's got to be a workaround. Does anyone have an answer for that? Because I'm trying to think of like, if so, if anyone in the comment section, if you can just put like at Joanne, um, at Joanne Markov, uh, then help her out. Because I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what I would do. Part of me would think like, uh, you allow kids to make those points up. Maybe you put like, maybe you add, um, I'm not real into extra credit, but what I've been thinking about is somebody brought up the idea one week they emailed me or something like that and said, what do I think about making homework optional? So all homework is optional, but if you get it, if you do it, you get credit. If you don't do it, you just, you decide to go without, um, which is something I'm really giving consideration to next year because I'm not a proponent of homework, but if it was optional, I'm wondering if more students would do it. Um, and, and it would just be a review, right? So like, you're not really missing out on anything. It's simply for review. I, and then I'm also wondering like, if you could input other grades occasionally that were optional. So kids that were doing great. So all along, they don't really have to do it, but kids that like, haven't been doing great. It's like, yo, you missed that thing. Make sure you do the optional one. I think maybe that's my answer is like create optional assignments for kids to sort of like, uh, to make up points and and that is really against everything that i believe in most of the time but i, I think that's I th for some reason that feels a good answer this time i think you have to play within your in 
you know, you have, you know how far you can stretch, right? She said also like later down in the comments, uh, that she can't do that because it's a different like socioeconomic, uh, bracket that she's in. Yeah. So it's like a different standard. She's For sure. Taught. In Baltimore, I probably could do that, but this one she couldn't. So I think you have to play within your boundaries, right? Yeah. You know when to push them and when not to. Yeah. Um, Jackson Alley is saying, hey, I'm a college student and I know that I want to be a teacher, but I wasn't able to be an education major due to scheduling. What do you think these kind of programs, <clears throat> what do you think of these kind of programs and what's your experience? So Jackson, I applied two times to the education program and they lost my application. They said they lost my application. Maybe they just didn't want me to be an educator. I don't really know. But I did not get in. I actually ended up graduating with an English degree. I went back for what was known as a post-baccalaureate degree and I just got my certification in um, education, which was still a degree, but it was like a post-bac degree. So that was useful. Like I, I, I think there's, there's some, I think there was, I liked the way I did it, to be honest. I, I meet all these folks that go to school for education and not all of it's useful. Not all of it's up to date. It's like, a, it's like, and you're being taught by someone that taught for like five minutes and now they don't teach anymore. So I, you know, but I think there's value in it. Like, I think there's definitely value in student teaching because it gives you that, um, you're not paying, you're not getting paid. So like you can mess up and you feel better about that for some reason. So that's, that's what I would think about, um, doing is maybe like, if you can't get into that education program, uh, graduate and then go back through your post back. And I think it was another year and a half. It was a year of classes. And then I student taught from September to December and that was it. And then I just got a job after that. Uh, well, actually I went to Africa after that and then I came back and got a job. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely, I think there's some value into it, but I just wish it was like an expedited process because not all of it is necessary. Diana Forbes is asking, Hey CJ, have you ever had an intern in your classroom before? How did it go? Um, if not, is there a reason yet you haven't had an intern before? So I have, if, but I've never had a, uh, student teacher, uh, and I don't, no, I just, I've been asked and I've like signed up like too late or something like that. Cause I don't look at my emails. Um, but I do have like folks every year come in from different colleges that come in to observe like for the, for a trimester or for like for their semester or for two semesters. I've had like these two girls that have come back like three semesters in a row or something like that. Like they just really like our school and they like being a part of my classroom. They come back and go on class trips with me and they, uh, I go and speak at their college and speak to their classes and stuff like that every year. So that is something that happens as well. Um, but I, I enjoy it. I, I think it's fun. Um, I think I especially enjoy it because I like hearing about what's going on in school and colleges now. And I also like exposing kids and giving them like, like you don't just sit in the back of the classroom. Like you're a part of a small group, like you're leading a reading group, you're doing something that is a part of what we're doing instead of just like mindlessly sitting in the back watching what's going on. And that's great. And I figure out like what group you're going to fit well into so that you're not just, um, you're not just like, you know, I'm not just throwing you to the wolves or something like that because, you know, certain groups don't really work with certain folks. Um, but yeah. Uh, Winter is asking, how do you create unity in your department at school? So look, that's actually a really great question. Our school and like if anyone from my school happens to be watching this, I'm not going to like put anyone on blast, but like 
there's been a lot of changes in the last two years. And so some of them have been really good. Like we've, like we have a schedule that's coming out next year that I'm really kind of excited about. Like um, we've made some, like we've been trying to do like restorative justice and stuff like that, but like some things have not worked and they've been really detrimental, I think, to the school culture. So we had a meeting the other day and I felt like no one was speaking, right? Like the, and I felt like no one was speaking because admin was in there and our admin are actually really nice. Like they're not like, they don't, I wouldn't feel like I was going to lose my job or anything like that. If I spoke up and me- like I spoke up at the meeting and it was, I felt like they were receptive to it. And, but I feel like some folks feel weird about that. So my friend Cho went to admin and said, Hey, would you mind if we had a meeting to sort of like collect data and information from people without you two being there? Just because some people might feel more open, especially new teachers to speaking. And then it's like, we're just going to take that information and take it back to the administration anyway. And they were like, yeah, that's great. Go ahead. So at the end of the year or tomorrow after school, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get willing parties. You don't have to show up if you don't want to, but, and create a safe space to sort of like share your grievances, but also to go at it with like um, a, a growth mindset. Like we're not just showing up to just complain about things, but to actually talk about them. And my thought is that something like that, giving people space to talk about things, to think about things, to try things. I think that creates um, a really good culture in departments and in schools, but only if we are sort of celebrating what, like if we are one not getting fixed on our way is the way, but that just that there's a way to get better. And then two, um, celebrating wins. I think, especially in departments, there's a ten- tendency, especially amongst teachers, there's a tendency that everyone wants to be the best. And when someone else does something that's better than you or something really super cool, like teachers get pissed off. And I think what you have to do is check yourself and get and celebrate those situations, celebrate that, 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 other people are doing awesome stuff they are raising the bar so now it's your turn to raise the bar as well so that is something i think i think both of those ideas sort of work in in creating that culture this one i do always say go to the bar together but that could look like i mean i don't care if you go bowling you go to chuck e cheese together um richard royster said he found that most teachers work better together when they give them stuff to do, like when they have to collaborate in school together. So like he said, teacher, uh, tardy table duty. So they have a duty, but they see each other every day for 10 minutes. So it starts that even that small interaction every day for 10 minutes kind of builds that. Like I think that's good if your camaraderie is not built around negativity. So some people yeah. will be like, so if you're the tardy table, I, that could yeah. very easily go to oh, like, yeah. Here we go again. Oh, look who's coming in late. Yeah, I know. His mom obviously doesn't care about his mm-hmm. education, like that kind of stuff. But instead, can you have some kind of fun with it? Or can you just not make kids feel bad about being late? You can talk to them. You can get, like literally but just like Bernie is late every single day. Yeah. And I work my ass off to not have him be late every single day. I cannot dress him and brush his teeth for him, but he's late every single day, and I feel awful. We applaud day. kids that when they show up to my class, I which does both. It celebrates them and makes them feel like I they stress oh, it Monday through so Friday. Dudes walk in, and look, it's not everybody, so I know what kids have to do this with. But if someone walks in, I'm like, "All right, guys, uh, cheesesteaks here," and then everyone just claps for cheesesteak for a minute, yeah, and then cheesesteak says fashion. hello, and then that's it. Love it. Um, Lisa is asking. 
Hey, CJ, do you know anything about the business and industry licensing project process? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I did read this book, though, called You Are Investing <laughs> One In. Um, I don't. Could you, I mean, if, if you want me to say anything about that, maybe you could explain it. Maybe I just don't know it by that name, which is quite often the case um, where someone will explain something. I'm like, oh, it's that thing. Uh, Erica Whitchurch? That's a very interesting name. Kind of, kind of like that. Because I like those monk books, and that's what it makes me think of. Um, going to take part in Pokemon. <laughs> Am I going to take part in Pokemon Go Community Day today? Um, I didn't even know that was happening today. I'm surprised Birdie didn't. But I know I'm a little bit surprised that he didn't he either. Knows. But I don't think I don't, think think he, I, want to tell. I don't know if his YouTubers are getting down with Pokemon Go. No, I don't think so I think I think you were the one that was like saying something about like me mentioning something about Pokemon yeah. Go and it was hot for that one summer and she was like, "No, I'm still all in that thing." I was like, "Yo, get it, man." Uh, no, Pokemon Go comes and goes in our oh, that was weird. Uh, in our house. And so there will be like if some YouTuber announces it or says that they're playing it again, my son's like, we gotta go. And there's like this park, national park that's not far from us, where they literally that summer that it was huge, they had no grass in huge sections of the it's park. So we're like and then still. I just thought it was so fun on like the in the dorkiest way where someone would be like, There's a I don't know. Squirtle! Yeah. Whatever's no. cool. I don't know what's cool. No, come on, man. No one, nobody was running for Squirtle. Squirtles are so cute, though. Yeah, but no one's running for those. Aww. But someone would say whatever Pokemon was hot, oh, and everyone would run. And it looked like like a wildebeest horde was like heard was like moving across the plains, just like dust and stuff. And like, it was crazy. Someone said, Don't do that scary pick again. <laughs> Thought you were ill. <laughs> Scar oh. <laughs> That was me. I, I run out of pictures for those until my wife does the thumbnails for them. Because um, they make you take your picture to be on. So it's like, well, what am I going to do every time? Uh, Megan Leaf. Megan Leaf. I don't know why I just looked at your name. I thought it said meatloaf. <laughs> it's really late in the year. Like, uh, Megan Leaf is saying, how do you handle suspected cheating? Oh, man. So my guys are so bad at cheating. So one of the things I do... I really would love to record my class for those reasons, but I'm not going to because I think there's probably some ethical issue there. But uh, I will pretend to be on my phone sometimes. So I'll just like, I just have them think that I'm not looking and I pretend that I'm looking on my phone at something, but I just keep looking over and wait for it. Or I just go over and I give them, sometimes I give them the out and they go, I really think that there's a good chance you might be cheating right now. And if you're not, great, hurry for you. And like, I apologize in advance. But if you are, I'm going to give you this one chance to put that thing away and then we squash it. And that that's a lot easier than, than crushing someone sometimes. But if someone is cheating and I find it, um, I just let them finish the test. I know that they had the cheat sheet. I, know, I saw it on the back of their ID or in their sleeve or whatever. And then I just make a note of it. And it's your word against mine maybe, but I don't have to necessarily like, like I saw it happening. And so I'll wait till the test is over and then I'll address it and then – because what, what that also does is it allows that kid to just like stay quiet because if you call someone on it in the middle of a test, a lot of times they'll blow up or they get aggravated or they're creating a distraction. And my room in my classroom is if you talk during any assessment, you immediately have a zero. And I don't care what you're talking about. Um, but that's for a couple of different reasons. It's because you're distracting other people around you and because I don't know if 
hey, can you pass me that pencil is the same as what's the answer number, letter A or, or number one or whatever. Like um, if you need anything, just ask me or say, hey, can I ask him for a pencil? I got you. Of course, that's cool. You just can't do it like out of turn because I'm just not sure. And I'm, and I'm suspect of all of you guys. So just be mindful. So that's, uh, that's kind of how I would handle it. But I, would, I wouldn't do it like in the middle of class, uh, but be mindful of what you're seeing and then say, hey, look, I, I ask, I don't like just blatantly tell them that what they're doing is cheating. And um, yeah, so that's what I do. Yeah. Kayla is asking, how do you suggest going about trying to set up meetings with administration? I've tried contacting mine through email several times over a period of time and just don't get a response back. Kayla, I would go to the office and say, just pop in. Hey, real quick, is there a time that we can meet this week? Because I just wanted to talk about a few things that like I'm excited about or that I'm concerned about or whatever it is um, and see what they say. Or if you could go to their secretary and say, hey, does principal or you know vice principal so-and-so like have a time that I could speak with them this week, like that you could put me in their schedule? Um, outside of that, I'm going to throw it back to my friend Richard Oyster again because he's admin. So I don't know if, Richard, you would have a different answer for that, like if um, – you know, if it's just playing the patience game or, or what it is, but I would just go with those two answers and don't, don't, I wouldn't go and say, Hey, I've emailed you a bunch of times and you didn't answer me back. I would just say, Hey, I'm just trying to get a meeting. Like don't, I wouldn't play the blame game. Cause I just think that would be wrong in our house. We write our names on our cups right now. We have plastic cups for some reason. And so I just draw pictures on mine. That's me with what looks like Bobby Brown here. So, um, Real fast. Uh, Erica White Church said, My last name came from England. We either owned a white church or lived near a white church ages ago. Like a white church, like a church that was white, or everyone that went there was white? No, like an actual white church. First of all, I just love it. It's one of the two. Either they owned yeah, it. Yeah, or someone owning near, a church, first of or all. Or they lived like, near it. Either I, one. Not either way. I love it. In England, she said? Yeah. Gosh. How do you know that, too? That's fascinating. I would love to know that. Um, I love that stuff, man. Uh, Kayla Miller is asking, um, how do you, that looks like. Yeah, she said not the race. The right. church that was white. The church was white. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Oh, geez. Mm -hmm. I mean, depending on how long ago, it wouldn't be surprising. But anyway, um, Kayla Miller, who I thought I knew you from your profile picture for a second. How do you know when you are investing too much emotional effort in your students? Is it possible to care too much about your students? It's possible to care too much about your students if it is, what are you whispering over there? If it is, um, if, how do I put this? If it's hurting your class, if it's taking up too much of your time, if you are overstepping any sort of like, like personal boundaries, that could be like, I've been, gosh, how much stuff do I go into? I've done a lot of stuff for students. I've given We've overstepped personal boundaries. I have completely overstepped personal boundaries with students wrong. before. But I know those kids. And and I and I don't do it with someone on a whim. So I don't want to get bad about it. I'm gonna tell you guys what the hell I do anyway. I'm not gonna I have a couple that I keep to myself, but like this year I have a student, um, let's just say his home life was very, very bad. He needed a job, he could not afford black pants and sneakers or 
Yeah. And for the job. So I just, and I asked them, I said, go price it. Let me know what, how much it costs. And then I just gave him the money to go buy the stuff. Right. And then he did, he bought the stuff and he had the job. I'm not saying that everyone should go hand out money to students. There's probably ethical reason there to not do that as well. But I'm just saying, I knew the student. I knew him for four years. He was a senior. He was getting ready to graduate. He needed a job and I hooked it up. Um, I've bought kids clothes. I've bought kids Christmas presents and, um, birthday presents, had birthday parties for them, had birthday parties at my house for them. Um, like, but they're all students that I know very well. So they're not students who are like, this isn't going to come back on me. I'm not going to end up in the paper or in the news or something like that. It's like their parents know, like it's, it's very clear sort of boundaries. Now this year, and I, I wish one of these dudes was watching right now. This year, I have a group of students of about six to seven students that me and especially two other teachers have worked very, very diligently with over the last four years. Like these are kids that like we have gone out of our ways, like taken shopping for school supplies, um, purchased clothes for, made sure that they had everything that they needed, stayed after school and talked to them and tutored them and helped them out and found them jobs and all kinds of stuff. These six to seven dudes are looking at um, some of them. There is someone at my door right now. Side note, that is, I don't know if she's six. She looks like she's like six. And she is my shadow lately. She plays with my kids, but she just follows me around the yard and asks me everything I'm stopping and asks me everything I'm doing from how I'm cleaning out my gutter to how I'm setting up my fence to why am I using that kind of hammer? And it is very, very funny. Um, it, and so that's a thing that's happening lately. So these six or seven dudes are all currently failing for the year. They are not getting certain things done that they need to graduate, like saying that our school pledge in Latin is something that you have to do because we're, you know, we teach four years of Latin at our school. Um, they did not write their senior papers. They do not have passing grades in like one or two classes that are so close to passing, but they're not. And we have done everything in these last few months to get them any possible help that we can. And at this point, I've just decided that, oh, your dad's fine. Um, that I, doesn't he know we're on? Steve, are you not watching the live feed? Come on, man. Um, that we are, I have decided to no longer help them. If they come to me and they need something, that's fine, but I'm not going to keep pushing them and asking them and trying. It's like, if you guys decide to fail, I'd rather help you on the back end kind of rise from the ashes than like push you towards something that you're clearly not motivated to do because it has been, it has been like the equivalent of like, you get someone to go to the gym and you're like lifting their arm up for them to help them do like curls or something like that, or like pushing them up when they do push up or pull ups. It's like, dude, this is too much. And you're not even growing from this. So I, that that's kind of my, so I go kind of both ways, but it's all in knowing the student and, and having, I'd say go with your gut. Your gut is, is in, in both of our experience, your gut is the way to decide most things in your life. Yeah. Um, Kimberly is asking, what do you do when one student wants all your attention? Um, oh, I kind of, Richard Royster commented asking. So you want me to not read this one for station identification? Mm -hmm. Right. Kimberly, I'll be right Um, Richard Royster is saying, one thing I would do is caution, caution about is being alone with students. Absolutely. 
Um, I have my rights read to me before over BS allegations and it isn't pleasant. Wow, man. Student who is mentally ill in a way that I did not understand. That is a hundred. So I had uh, my first year teaching that kind of came true. Like I did, I didn't, I just, you just don't think of all the ways that you can kind of get in trouble or that something can go down. And I was new and a student came in and said something to me. And I was like, Oh, I didn't see that ever coming. And so I was like, I can never be alone with a student in, in the room again, because if that, like, I don't, it was very weird. And I just did not want that sort of responsibility. So I always, when I'm with students, I'm, my door is always open is never like closed. It's never locked. Um, I make sure that there's like always somebody else in the room. Like, unless it's like a home, like if Cephas is in the room with me and we're having like a, what well, we call it comes, heavy, deep and real. But it comes down to knowing your student. But, and that comes you. with experience. But I think Richard Royster is a hundred percent on point with that. Like it's being very, very careful. And look, not to make this a thing about sexes, but like I teach all boys and I'm a guy and I'm an older guy. So like, there's, there's a certain level of safety. I think of that if I taught all girls, I wouldn't, I, I, I might be different with that. Like I, I would be oh, I more careful. Um, yeah. So, uh, what if, what do I do if, if all my, if one of my students wants all my attention? Um, I, I call them on it. Like, so there's a, there's a number of students this year that they just want you all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And I have to say, look, you're really important to me, but um, and I kind of like, almost like they're helping me out. Like, look, this dude really needs help and I need to go help him. So I appreciate like, so can you help me out by like, you're going to work on this or you're going to do this so that I can go help that guy. Can you help me out in that way? And then that, that diverts the attention. Like they're almost like helping you out by leaving you alone. Um, or, you know, so I think that's, that's the, the thing or just calling him out and saying like, look, I, you're my guy, you know it. Like, I really, really like you. And here's the reasons why, but I have 30 kids in the class and my job is to teach all 30 kids. I can't just stay with one person. And although that would be great class for you and I to just kind of like keep working together. Um, I need you to help me to help all these other students. And so maybe, or give them a job, like maybe like if they understand something, like have them work with someone else. If they don't understand something, have them work with someone else. Um, and that is a good way to kind of like not hurt their feelings because they're young. And I don't think, I don't know that they're always going to understand that sort of situation. So that's kind of how I would handle that. Uh, or if they're, if, if you can, like, so I, like I have certain kids that I can just kind of like be more forthright with. And I'm like, bro, do you see me? Do you see me talking to someone right here? You're talking to me. So I just kind of handle it with humor and sarcasm. Like, like, I'm literally looking in this person's eyes and you're just like all up in my grill, like fall back. Like it'll be just give me a second. All right. And step away. Cause we're talking about something here. And then they usually just laugh. Cause I think some kids, they don't always know what they're doing. They don't know that that, what that thing they're doing is annoying or wrong or, or whatever. So that's, that's the thing. Too. This one, uh, Rosalind Sandy. I, I really like that name. I like when I have to tell everyone when I like their names, it doesn't mean that I don't like other people's names, but just some of them, I don't know, they just stand out. Uh, any advice for an interview for a secondary school? I keep playing with that thing. Yes. I apologize. Uh, feeling, feeling ADD tonight. ADD. Yeah. Uh, any advice for an interview for a secondary school teaching job? Have an interview and lesson observation tomorrow. So, Rosalind, what I would tell you to do, that's maybe a good uh, teacher tip. 
Tuesday. Um, I made a, so I can give you a piece of advice, but what I would do is I made a video with, um, who was it? Bridget from Letter Classroom, where we talked about all this stuff. We talked about how to handle the, the process from getting into college to getting your first job. And it's long, but I think we time marked it underneath so you could probably find it. And it all goes in order. It's like getting in the college and how you do that and how you do your practicum and how you do your student teaching and how you run your first year and how you do on your interviews and stuff like that. That's all in there. Aside from that, I would say look up the school. Look up what their um, views are on things, what kind of classes that they have, what kind of teams that they have, what kind of programs that you might be able to be a part of, and then go and prepare to ask them questions as well. So even if you have two, three, four questions that when they say, Hey, this is great. Do you have any questions for us? As a matter of fact, I do. Um, I saw that you have a robotics program and I'm really into robotics. I'm wondering if that's something I could be a part of, or, you know, I have a connect in this at the local university. And if, you know, I'd love to be able to connect our robotics team to that, or, um, you know, I saw that you have a STEM program. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Cause I think that that's a really great program in you know, schools I've worked in in the past, or it's something that interests me. That's going to put you on offense and you're not just on defense. And then you get to see who these folks are that are just asking you questions, answering questions as well. And then don't be afraid to like if you don't have an answer for everything, it's just like anything in life. Like sometimes 10 minutes later, you're like, oh, I should have said this, man. So that, that's my other piece. And then I always, always, always I'm real in the handwritten notes. Go home immediately. Write a handwritten note to get nice thank you cards from Target or something like that. Hey, thanks so much for having me in today to interview. I really appreciate it. It was I had a really great time. I'm looking forward to hearing back from you. Um, hope the end of your year is great. Peace. And then sign your name and send that to them and it will break through the noise. Everybody else is going to send a follow-up email that no one's going to look at. No one will expect a handwritten note from someone. Um, and if you have banned handwriting, get a typewriter. That's what I would do because that's a real thing. Um, because some of my kids, some of my students, their handwriting is, it looks like they had a seizure on the back of the bus while sneezing. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I don't even understand what's happening there. Uh, seven, I, I can't say your name, bro. Because seven, Sophia? So, all right, we'll go with Sophia. So I'm seeing more end of the year obnoxious, silly behaviors. We all are. And any advice on becoming less bothered, nitpicky, yet still... Uh, consistent with behavioral consequences. I, I think one of the things that I do is I note at several times during the year, before Christmas break or winter break, before spring break, and this time of the year. Like I will go in tomorrow and say, look, we need to have a talk real quick. This is the time of year when most kids get suspended because they're making poor decisions. And I want you to know that in my class, I don't feel like dealing with that. Like I don't want you to get in trouble. Like I want you to finish strong. Here are the days we have left. Here are the activities that I have planned. And that's it. Then we're done. Can we keep it cool in here during this period? And if you have to say that again every day, like, all right, look, I'm so glad you guys are here because it has been madness in the hallway. Or I've heard about other classes and I just know that we're not going to have that problem in here. And so here's what we're doing today. Let's jump right into it. It's going to be awesome. I think noting things like that help minimize those sort of behavior issues sometimes. And then the other thing I just think in the back of my head is you're not stealing my jewelry. Like I am just not allowing it to happen. And I just go in with that sort of internal fortitude of like, it's not going to happen. And sometimes 
in the morning during like my meditation process, I will literally like picture my day going well and what I want it to look like. And then sometimes I do this process that I learned from Tim Ferriss, who learned it from the Stoics, uh, where you do something called fear setting. And you literally think of like, and feel it in your heart, like how bad it can go. And you sort of like live that through before you get there. So that when it happens, it's not like this sudden punch in the face, right? It's like sort of like sparring before you get in the boxing ring. It's not exactly the same, but you know what it's like to take a hit. So I think any one of those things happens. But my best piece of advice would be to talk to your students about it. Like, don't say, I'm not taking any nonsense at the end of the year. You know, everyone better be on their best behavior. Look, this is what I noticed. And I don't want you guys to get in trouble. I notice a lot of people get in trouble. And to be honest, like, the reason kids get in trouble a lot of times is they don't want to be home all summer. They don't like being home. Home sucks. And so they're acting out at the end of the year. And this is now some kids are just like acting like lunatics for no reason. But like yeah. there are other kids that just don't want to be at, at home. And so this is like how they act out. So I would just go in and, and that's the conversation I would have with them. That's a really good question. Um, Carl is asking, do most schools have art? The most schools that have art dumb kids that don't care much about our uh, school about school into art. Oh, uh, yeah, I think probably. Probably. I mean, I look. I have. I have. Kids take that Arguably, what I think is the coolest elective of all time, or I have an after-school program. That is YouTube. It is only for makers. It's for kids that have YouTube channels or want to have YouTube channels. We talk about how to make your thumbnail, how to make your description box, how to title stuff, how to tag stuff, how to use hashtags, how to use, like all these things, how to edit. And I still get like extra kids that they don't know what to do with. They throw them in there and they're like, I don't care about this. Like, we talk like your whole generation only watches YouTube. Like, when's the last time you watch a TV show? Because you're watching YouTube. And if you watch a TV show or a movie, then you're going to go watch everything about it on YouTube afterwards anyway. But I just don't know that you can always get around that. Um, I, I just would not cater my class to kids that don't like the subject. Like, then transfer out, bro. Like, so when I have my hip hop history of hip hop class, I have kids that are like, I don't like hip hop, bro. You're like one of three kids in the whole school that doesn't like hip hop at all, not any of it. And so I try to convince them to go somewhere else because I'm not going to, I'm not going to change what I'm doing when I have yeah, really excited students in there. Uh, what's that? That's not a schedule. Like, art, art is like, isn't yeah, it probably mandatory? happens. It's, I don't know that it's mandatory, but like yeah. it may be in some schools. I guess like it's mandatory. Sometimes it's elective enough. credits. So that like someone needs an elective. So they just dump them in there because they don't uh, know what to do with them. Um, yeah. So I'm in elementary world or middle school where you don't get a lot of No, I mean, but I know, I know like Latronic who teaches art at my school, like she gets guys in there sometimes that like don't want to be in there. Oh. So it's like, I, we have a, I just try and help them to transfer out is the only thing I can kind of think of. Um, but I wouldn't change, I would, I would factor, I would plan towards the kids that want to be there and try and make it awesome for them. And then maybe everyone else just sees how awesome it is. And I've had that happen too in my hip hop class. Uh, the Mrs. CJ, I feel like we haven't seen her in a while. I know. Right? Hey, what's up, buddy? Um, any tips on being a stay-at-home parent over the summer? This will be my home. Oh, man, do I? Um, this will be my first summer home with my kids ages five and seven. How do you balance providing enrichment, memory-making activities, and value 
uh, with valuable downtime. So <clears throat> this will be my third summer home with the kids, not working. I think so. I think so. Because my wife started working, and now this summer we're both not going to work because we're just going to work on like YouTube business stuff, <clears throat> which is a whole new animal. I find that um, scheduling time works the best. So our lib our local library has free passes to like different museums and stuff. Some that are interesting, some that aren't. Um, but I go to all of them all summer. I find things like uh, where I live in New Jersey is I live in a county called uh, Camden County, and we get like this booklet every year of like all the free stuff that's going on, like science stuff, um, nature walks, outdoor movies that you just go to a park and watch them, magic shows, all that stuff. I find out when they are and I put them on my schedule. And then I try to break my day up into chunks. So I find that getting up in the morning, sort of slow, but being out of the house by nine works. And then just having like some kind of like, because well, it's cooler in the morning yeah. too. And then that late afternoon, we're just, that's the chilling part. That's when like the shades go down. We watch a movie, they watch a show or something like that. They get to play video games. I still do this with my kids now. And then that early evening time, we'll like go to the park or we're all making dinner together or we're doing something together. I think that's like, it's, but it's breaking it up because it can become, it's super exciting at first, but it gets very monotonous where you wake up again and you're like, God, day 14 of making breakfast for everyone like there's nothing to do today or like no I that's got, only you I got, I got, no when you work when you work in the summer it's getting them dressed it's getting them showered it's getting them dressed again because they freaking put the clothes on. parenting yeah. yeah it's hard yeah. but i think it's planning stuff out so for us our kids we made them join the swim team and um they have to swim every morning at what eight or nine o'clock. We have to be at eight a.m. They swim for an hour. hour, and then we come home. They have like a little bit of chill time, and then usually they want their friends to come over and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, and then try and find other people that are doing the same thing because they now you have like a partner in crime you can kind of do stuff with. Or I would or say also being really. I like when you always talk about being really intentional, and I'm not like that. I'm a multitasker, right? So I love to like be on my phone and working or like reading something that's engaging to me and dealing with the kids at the same time. And I, I think that they always, it works better if you could just give them your undivided attention because yeah. that's what they want. That's what they crave, especially at five and seven, like this undivided attention. And then when you want to do what you want to do, you're able to actually say no to them yeah. and feel good about saying yeah, no. I'll never... And like putting that boundary, like it's mom time or yeah. I'm going to read this for 30 minutes or whatever it may be. But yeah, like, right. I think that works. I don't go on my phone. And hang out with the kids. No, I know. And I'm, and I'm terrible at that. I do that. So, but well, I know, well, I know. Your way well, good thing better. our son will remind you of it every time you do it. <laughs> get, get off your phone. We're watching a movie together. Sorry. I apologize. Please don't put me on the step. <clears throat> um, that's exciting, though. That's a fun thing. What else? Oh, did I, know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Man, I really need a lot of water. Been outside for like two days putting up a fence. I never put up a fence in my life. And so, I mean, Figuring it out. It hasn't fallen over yet, so I think I'm doing a good job. My neighbor gardens in his underwear sometimes, though, so got to put the fence up because you don't want to see that all the time when you're having coffee in the morning. Um, Laura is asking, <clears throat> excuse me, have you ever interviewed a teacher for a job? And if you have, what was your experience with that? I have interviewed teachers for jobs. Uh, I So if I'm the interviewer, 
um, and, or if you are, I look people up on online. I looked at their LinkedIn. I look at their Facebook. I look at their Instagram because um, not everyone blocks it yet. I look at their Twitter feed to just get a sense of who I am. I, I just find like not to spy, but like you with your kids, you with your family, you at your old school, you doing stuff. What are your views on stuff? And so that kind of gives you intel. I think also um, I look up like sometimes there's not room in people's resumes for everything. So you might find out what school they worked at before and then you can kind of look into that school. Like what was it like a school like yours? Was it very different? And so that can inform you as well. And then I always ask some kind of fun question. Like I get to stole this from my friend, Randy Rebuy. Randy used to ask people if you were a character, when the walking dead was really at the top of its game, he would say, uh, what walking dead character are you the most like, or what game of Thrones character are you the most like? And that's just a fun way to sort of break it up, but to also give you a view into like what people think about themselves. Um, and then I really, I like, just asking questions about who people are, not just their school uh, experience. So like, where'd you grow up? Like how many brothers and sisters did you have? Like, what was it like growing up there? Cause then people's defenses come down when you ask those sort of like easy questions that they know the answer. There's no wrong answer to that question or to any of those. And then when you ask them about their classroom management, about their views on education or what they you know, stuff like that. I, I just think that it's it's easier because now you're two human beings having a conversation. So yeah, I like being a part of the interview process. Um, I'm a little quick though, when I don't think someone's a good fit, I'm just like within four questions, I've been laughed at by tenant who's the CEO of our building. <laughs> We've, I've been in interviews with him and he'll be like, do you have any questions? And I'm like, um, no, I'm just wondering if you have any questions for us. And that's usually notes like the end of my interview process. And he's like, man, you really got to that quick. And I was like, yeah, cause I knew that this was not going to work out. Um, uh, how do you say that? Ari? Ari Flores? I think I'm, I'm, I apologize if I'm saying your name wrong. Hi, I really enjoy your videos. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate that. Any tips on increasing motivation on EFL classroom? My... Students are, a high, are in high school, but they are not interested in language and they think it is useless help. So I think it breaking, I think one of my, I th I've thought about this for this year. I don't know that I have enough time, but I think it's going to fit into what you're talking about. In the beginning of the year, I have talked about many times I have students do a life odyssey. So it's like, how did you get from the moment you were born to here in 10 moments? So like, what, who was born, who died, where'd you move, what championship did you win, what girlfriend did you lose, like what has happened in the arc of that, of this portion of your life that's made you who you are. I'm thinking about doing a lesson maybe next year, because I don't know if I can fit it in this year, of um, mapping out your life. So like reverse engineer, where do you want to be? So like when you die uh, or like when you're at the height of your life, where will you be? What's going on? And then map backwards how you're going to get there. I'm wondering if you could do that with language where you could see something in someone's life where they travel somewhere, where they go to school for something, where that the reason that you're teaching language anyway, you can implement that in there and say, that's really interesting you say that. Do you know that if you study language, you have a better chance of doing that or doing this or traveling or whatever it is? I think that that 
has been a way for me to help kids to learn to take school seriously, to take everything from algebra to biology to English, like to say, um, well, look, I'm going to prove to you that you need to know what I'm talking about and here's why. And I, I think just think that that's, that's the move. Um, and, or make lessons short or, or shorter and say, Hey, look, this is on the front end. This is what I need from you today. If we can do this, I'm going to have this sort of like celebratory thing at the end. Or I, sometimes I just lie to classes and I tell them, I'm like, yo, you guys are the best. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, last period was really tough. Like, but I'm really glad this period's here because you guys always put in hard work and you always do what I ask. Um, or, and so like, look, this is all I need you to do today. And like, let's get through it. I'll do anything I can to help you do well. Sometimes that stupid crap works and kids are just like, they lean into that and they act better and then you can get through what you want to get through. Um, I just answered that question. Oh, dude. Sorry. dude, um, real quick before we, uh, I finish these last couple of questions and we get out of here. Um, we, so my wife dropped the ball and didn't pick the crocodile people last week. So I'm going to announce those on Instagram and on my YouTube stories tomorrow. Yes. Are you sure? I think Can so. you do it? All right, cool. So that'll be out by tomorrow. So we still have that. And then I, do we want to talk about that book giveaway, John, that we have back there too? I'm going to do that now or later. No, I look, can we finish one Let's do one You're giveaway. Me with I know. I got all these free books from somewhere and they're good. And so I want to offer them to people and but we'll do that later apparently. Uh, just know them. It wasn't me. Uh, Tanya Hobson is asking, how do you go in your – uh Tanya Hobson, but graft. I have certain students that have hyphenated last names and they get really aggravated when I just pick one. So I didn't want to do that. Um, how do you go into your classroom or do you go into your classroom in the summer? Or do you focus on vacation and stay away? No, I always go into my classroom. Look, I, I like it though, right? Like I know they say like, stay away, take a break. I just don't need that much of a break. Like I love it and I do a lot of fun stuff and I get time like by myself but if I'm going to go in my classroom, I usually go in on the front end and try and really stay out in August. But if you see my classroom, you see that like I really like building things, making things, designing my room. So that is like that is exciting for me. So I'm not like I, I just think that that's it's fine. Like when they tell you to stay out of your classroom, I'm like, but if I really like it, like. You know, they, people, I've been told a lot of weird stuff in my life from like, I spend too much time with my wife to, I, I'm, to, to any number of other things. And the older I get, I'm like, no, but I like hanging out with my wife, right? Which is why she follows me around all the time. And, I do not. And the dog follows her. We're like a, we're like a row of ducks all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it is mildly true. Yeah, the dog just looked up like, are you guys talking about him? He's laying right next to us. Um, Carl Beatty, did I run today? I did not run yet. I'm going to run immediately after this, but I, the problem is I'm extremely hungry right now and I hate running when I'm really hungry, but it's not as bad as running when I'm really full. So, you know, plus Game of Thrones is on at nine o'clock and I have a meeting after this at eight. So I got to like get it all done and I got to hang one more piece of my fence tonight. What do you got? Oh, there was the next one. Um, Um, Hey Reynolds, what are your summer plans, school and non-school related? So this summer I have a lot, I, 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 like, I just, I hate when YouTubers do this. 
I have so much great stuff coming up. So I will, I will finish the book this summer. I have things I'm working on with other YouTubers that are going to be like, could be incredibly awesome. Um, that stem out of like, just, it's going to be awesome. And then the kids on the swim team. Um, and then I'm just going to exercise a lot, eat a lot of great stuff, hang out with a lot of friends, garden a lot. Cause that's what I love doing is gardening. Um, and we live in a very not fit. We all like me and my friends all moved to like a rough neighborhood, like not a rough neighborhood. It's not right. Like, uh, a lower a, it needs love this neighborhood. And so when I look out of my back window, there's a lot of like desolate backyards, except for mine, because I just love gardening. All the what's up, my man? You got some similar color shirt on. Um, so a lot of that. And then my primary vision for this summer is uh, to make memories with my children. Like I'm learning that they're just getting a lot older, a lot faster. And I just want to. That's part of my like everyday thing is to just make memories. Hey, do you want to say anything to everyone? Do you have any bits of advice? What I realize it? this is a crapshoot. I mean, this is so people are like trying to finish the year, and kids are having a hard time. They're being knuckleheads in their classes and stuff like that, and they're wondering how I would get through them. Uh, I'm saying you could mostly like this is a really spot, but I think you could like I don't know. Why do you think I've already said? Encourage they could the get, teachers. Encourage the teachers. Like, yeah. they get them, like, I would... Oh, that sorry. Right. I would say I would get them more work since they're struggling. But I would say get them way easier, easy work. Why? Why would you give them easy work and not give them hard work? So you can be like easy work and harder work and then harder and harder and harder and harder right. until you get extreme. I told them to just remember kindness. You like that one? Yeah. All right. Now you go upstairs and watch Ali. Okay. Peace and out. eat another apple. Is that your 15th apple today? No, it's my list. Oh. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Bye. No. It's not that one. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, so, okay. So, anything else? All right. So, look, we're we're going to end it there. But I want to tell you about something real quick. So, if you please don't click off because this is really important to me. Um, and I don't like to ask. I don't have a lot of asks because I don't want to wear that out. But um, there is uh, a guy on here right now. Mark Schultz is on here, and Mark Schultz is a teacher. And, and he's saying on here, I'm going to read his comment and explain why this is important to me. Um, every May, I raise money to help. Uh, student, a students to raise money for a church. Oh my gosh. Can I learn? I only teach reading. So, you know, it's not a big deal when I can't read every May. I raise money for a children's charity through mustaches for kids. This year it is angels among us, an organization who helps financially, uh, with families dealing with pediatric cancer. I just think all the time of how grateful I am have the children that I do that are not, that are not sick. They don't, I mean, my son has his own like stuff, but it's not a life or death issue. And I've known people in my life whose children were not like that. They've had, they've been really, really sick or they've had um, seizure disorders or cancer or heart issues. I know my growing up, my sister had to have open heart surgery. She was the youngest person ever to have the type of open heart surgery that she had when she was like a month or two old. 
And I just know that the, the effects that that had on my mother. And so if you are interested, um, Mark is raising money. And look, I'm not just asking everyone to go on there and give money. But if you have a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever it is, if you feel in your heart that that's something you want to do, do it. If you feel like you're not in that place, like just hope for him or pray for him or think of him or send good vibes or whatever your jam is. That would be helpful as also as well. But I'm going to link the Mark. If you could throw the link up there again, um, I'm going to link it in the description. So if you're watching this later, you can just go in the description. Click on that. Mark's going to, I think Mark's going to grow a mustache because um, kids can't grow mustaches, but he's just trying to help people out. And I just think it's an awesome thing to do no matter what he's doing. Um, so yeah, so that that is uh, my shout out for the evening. Look, everybody, I hope you have a really great week. Um, I'm going to get that crocodile stuff out this week. So the crocodile like water pistols will be out tomorrow. My wife's, so remember, this is on the internet now. So I know. know it's true. Um and that's that. Anything else we're thinking of? Yeah. All right, Rad. Everybody, have a great night. And now I'm going to have an awkward ending because I got to hit all this stuff to be done and then that's it.